Morning. Good morning. Wow. I got it that time. Like earlier on, I was trying to do, yeah, I don't know what I was trying to do, but I just totally missed the whole high five fist bump thing. You know, it's, it's an area I need to grow in. Like, so if you're good at that, maybe you can give me a few pointers. Yeah, oh, 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 okay, I got one right then, right there, okay. You know, I, I just want to take a moment just to, to honour our senior ministers, Pastor John and Dan. They are incredible. They oversee our church, Australia. But God is using them mightily, mightily. Like Pastor Dan preached an incredible message, which is available on YouTube. Just type in C3 Australia and you'll be able to watch that. Like, please watch it. It is outstanding. And then Pastor John, not only did he preach a great message, he ministered to people like he said earlier. And we got to see people that had been in pain for years. Like one of them was 23 years. One was seven years. The, the pain was gone. That's the incredible God that we serve. Oh, let's give God a hand. Yeah. Gee, is Dan still in the room? Is Dan here? Dan, oh, there you are. Dan, just while you were, you were up here sharing your message, I just got the scripture, and it's in Daniel chapter 2, and it says, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. I really feel that God has already made you wise, but he's going to continue to feed wisdom through you. He's made you effective and strong. There's strength in you. I know that you've just stepped up to be a leader for our awesome 830 stewards team, but there is more. There are so many more steps of leadership that you will take. God is with you and he's on your life. Thank you, Jesus. And also like Joelle, while you were standing there worship, I looked at your shoes and I, I just got the thought, yeah, girl, you better get those running shoes on. I just see an acceleration happening for you. But not only did I see that, I saw the word peace tattooed across your foot. Like it's not there. She's not got the peace tattoo happening, right? I just, but I saw that because in, in, in the Bible, it talks about when God, you know, in his uh, armor, Part of it, he has shot us with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then I started to see people waiting at a gate, and it's opening. These people are waiting for you. You're going to preach the word of God. You're going to continue to sing. People are there. Oh, I just see ministry growing, and it's exhilarating because those shoes are going to be running. In Jesus' name, let's give God a hand. He's mighty. He's good. Wow. So good to be here. Take a seat, everyone. Thank you very much. Wow. So yes, I'm talking about the value uh, today, and it's the value of our church court, soul winning. So if we can have that value up, please, our soul winning value. And it says, our church is a soul winning church. We are passionate about seeing people saved. It's our true North. Very good. It is. We are passionate about seeing people come to Christ because we know what God can do in a life. And I, I mean, I love that. I love that because I know where I used to be. And boy, I didn't realize it was that bad to tell you the truth. But now looking at it now, I think, wow, thank God. Thank God that he came into my life and changed me. So I was at Woolies on Friday. And I ran into this young guy that I'd met 
a year ago, just before national conference, he came and knocked on my door. He's a real estate agent. He asked me, like, would you like uh, an appraisal of your house? And I thought, yeah, okay. So he comes in, and then he, he walks into one of my rooms in, in the study, and he sees this picture. I mean, he doesn't see the picture. He actually sees the real thing. I'm going to show you the picture. So he sees that there, and it says family. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He sees that. He reads it out loud, and then he goes to me, uh, are you a Christian? Like, do you believe in God? And I go, I do. I go, why? Are you a Christian? And he goes, oh, well, I was brought up to believe in God. Like, I used to go to church with my parents when I was a little tacker. And, you know, as I got older, I thought, nah, I don't need that. I don't need God. And so I haven't really been going, I haven't been to church for ages, but um, my parents still go. So anyway, he does the rest of the appraisal. We're sitting down afterwards. Two hours later, two hours were there. Not, we're not talking about the house, though, because he shares with me that he would love to buy his own house. He's only in his early 20s, and he says, but it's so hard on the Sunshine Coast because, you know, even to save a deposit is so hard. So I end up talking to him about investments, about how I save for my first deposit for a house, all these sorts of things. And, and then I shared with him how when God came into my life, the favor that came upon my finances. So I got to share about God through something he wanted because he doesn't care what I want. People care about their vision. They care about what they want. So at the end of that, I give him a CD. And I go to him, you're going to love the CD. It's like a, a, a CD of a mortgage broker who, is, who had a really life-changing experience, like he's a Christian. I said, but he, sh- he talks about how he went from debt to overseeing millions of dollars of assets. It's on this uh, CD, which actually some people have asked me for now, so you know what I mean. But it is. It's a great story. But I wanted him to listen to it because it has his testimony of how he came to Christ. So he takes that with him. He texts me and he goes, I loved that CD. He goes, I'm going to go back to church with my parents. Wow. Right there. Right there. And so I haven't seen him for a year. Haven't seen him for a year. Friday, I see him. Comes up, shake hands. He goes, Teresa, I need to tell you, last Tuesday, I just moved into my own house. Come on. Isn't that cool? Isn't that good? He got the dream of his heart. And he says, and I've been going to church. And I go to him, wow, it sounds like it's all happening for you. And he goes to me, no, it's all God. How good is that? How good is that? And it started from a knock on the door. See, these are our things starts like God can speak to you on what somebody needs. That's what we're there for, to meet the needs of others. So when I first like uh, started following God, like I was a little bit scared of like sharing with anybody because I had some ideas about how you share God. And, you know, probably one of my earliest memories is when I was younger, like my uncle used to be in a town of, uh, like I lived in a town, 9,000 population, and he used to be in the town centre with a Bible, and as people walked past, he would yell at them and go, Jesus, Jesus, are you going to hell or are you going to heaven? Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm thinking, like, that's so not cool. I don't think I can do that. 
I'm not sure if I could do that. I'm th- and that's what I thought. That's what you had to do. You had to like yell at people, slam a Bible in their face and go, Jesus, Jesus. So I was thinking like, yeah, not doing that. Because even when in that town, whenever my uncle was actually standing there, I would cross the street and walk right around him. Just like the whole trail of other people that, that would see him. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's not really a good representation of Jesus. God loves people. Anything that makes them feel that he doesn't is not cool. So, so that was my idea. I thought you had to do that. And I thought that is so not me. No, 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 no. And the other thing was, I was like scared to talk to people because I thought, what if they ask me a question? And like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about God. So I was like, "Mm, nah, I'm not going to do that. But you know, as time went on, I realized that being bold in God is not about loud. It's not about yelling. It's not about, you know, Jesus, Jesus with the Bible. (laughs) Not at all. Being bold in God is being convinced. Me being convinced. Being convinced that he is real. Being convinced that God changes lives. Being convinced that he heals people. Being convinced that he loves people. That is what boldness and God is all about. You see, like when you get excited about anything, you want to share it with people. You do, don't you? You know, if you, you go to a great restaurant, you want to share that with people. Same with if you go to a bad one, I guess. You want to share that with people as well. But, you know, and, and just to give you an example, I, I, I have these things called ginger shots. They are so good. I know, shot, got the word shot in it, but really it's totally okay. Like, like, like it's just, like it's a juice, like you get a half an apple and like a big hunk of ginger and you put it through a, a juicer, you put it in a shot glass and boom, hello, there you go, ginger shot. You know, I was so excited about these ginger shots. So I'm telling all my friends, they've all bought juices, like come on, because they want a ginger shot. I mean, anything that's going to make you like, woo, like that. You know you want that. I know that you're probably going to ask me later, like, how does that ginger shot go? But, but that's what it's like. When I'm like that about a ginger shot, imagine what I'm like about Jesus. You know, if I'm going to get excited about a ginger shot, come on. I want to get excited about Jesus because I have seen what he has done, not only in my life, in my son's life, in my family's life, in other people's lives. You've got to be excited about that. And it's about sharing that excitement. I mean, do you know, like, do you know anyone at all who is struggling with relationships with their families, with their marriages, with their finances, with their health, with a job, with school? Do you know anyone? Well, if you don't know anyone, like, you don't know anyone. Like, because there are people everywhere with those things. There's everyone, you know, everywhere there are people who need God. So we naturally want to tell them. Like in Luke 19, 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus came to seek people out bring them in to himself so that he could give them their best life. That's why he came. So, you know, I've realized that God already placed me in spheres of influence, like with my family, with my friends, in our neighborhoods, with workmates, business colleagues, like whether it's school, uni, whatever it is, we have a sphere of influence 
See, wherever we are, God is. I realize sharing Christ can be a natural extension of my everyday life, and, and which is great for me because I actually work in the church. So, you know, there's not much. Oh, well, I suppose there is a couple of people in the church that need Jesus. No, not really. But, but, but that I work with. No, no, no. That's why, though, I need opportunities outside of my workplace to be able to share how good God is and how much he changed my life. So I've got a couple of practical keys, just two of them. The first one is to pray because God answers prayer. Like, please watch Pastor Danielle's message because it's about prayer. It's about the war room. So they pray. God answers prayer. So when I pray, I pray daily for God to give me opportunity. So prayer is so powerful. Like I just pray, God, give me opportunities. Give me opportunities to speak to people. Give me opportunities, like bring them before me. Because I, I mean, I don't have a lot of time. So I just think like, bring them to me, place them to me, let them knock on my door. Yeah, come on. Like, like, but, but bring, bring opportunities to share God's peace, to share God's faith, to share God's hope, to share God's love. I pray that God will give me opportunities to do that. And in Colossians 4, 5, 6, it says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Okay, so it's not about Jesus, Jesus, go to hell, go to heaven in your face. That's neither wise. That is not wise not wise, among not believers, but make the most of every opportunity. So I was in Newcastle a few years ago in a pub, Dan, in a pub, like I got that happening now, I've just got that, I'm not going to, that's the only word I'm going to say in, uh, what is it, where are you from again? <laughs> England, was it Birmingham? Yeah, I know. It's like it's too close to each other. Billy, no, that's probably good. You could do like a hip hop, hop. I'm dead. <laughs> Bill and Ham from Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Back, back, back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I might be hanging around Pastor John too much. He's got the rap thing happening. You know. <laughs> was that good? No, it wasn't. All right. Okay. So I was in Newcastle. Back to Newcastle. I was in Newcastle. It was my son's graduation. And afterwards, we went to the pub to watch the football. And, uh, you know, there was a game on. Great game, I might add. But anyway, went there to watch the football. And while I was there, I met a young couple there. So I was just talking to them. I mean, they weren't with us. They were just at the pub. So I'm just chatting away to them. We're having a good old time. I'm talking to them about Newcastle, blah, blah, blah. And then I see on his eyes, like I'm talking to them, the word funny, like both across both eyes. I see that, and I'm thinking like, what? You know, like I'm going to say to him, hey, mate, you've got funny across your eyes. No, I'm not going to do that. That's just like weird, isn't it? That's so weird. And so I'm asking God, like, what is that about? What's about the funny across his eyes? And then I feel like God say to me, just say to him, mate, I think you should be a comedian. See, normal. That's normal. I thought I can say that. I can do that. Better than funny across your eyes. So, so I, go, I go to him, hey, mate, I think you should be a comedian. And then that was it. Conversation totally stops. And I'm like, I see the look on his face, and I'm thinking, is he angry? Is he startled? Is he shocked? What is it? Because I was thinking, and then he just looks at me, and he goes, who are you? 
I'm like, boy, it's getting ugly here already. I'm trying to look for my son to come and save me, save me from this guy. But, but I, I'm like, oh, oh, and he goes, no, what do you do? And I'm thinking, well, in those sorts of situations when people ask me, what do you do? I usually either say that I'm a business manager or I'm a pastor. Now, now in this situation, I'm thinking, like, I want to say I'm a business manager because, like, this is getting too weird. But I just, what comes out of my mouth? I'm a pastor. I'm thinking, great. So he goes to me. He goes, he goes, what sort of pastor? And then I'm thinking, oh, no, spaghetti or fettuccine? Like, really? <laughs> really? He doesn't know what a pastor is. I'm thinking, like, it, but, but he goes, he goes, are you a Christian pastor? I'm like, wow. I says, I am. I'm a Christian pastor. And he goes, something just happened there. He, he, he says to me, like, I want to know how you knew. How did you know? He goes, the desire of my heart has always been to be a comedian. He goes, not even my girlfriend knows that. I haven't told anybody that ever. She's standing there shocked. And then, then I, like, he goes... Like in the same thing, he goes, like, was that the Holy Spirit? I'm thinking, like, wow, this guy, he knows more than me. Like, wow, he's good. He's good. So I go, yes, it was the Holy Spirit. And so we started talking about the Holy Spirit and God because his father was a pastor of another religion who, who do not believe in the Holy Spirit. And he said he went to church and that, went there for ages, but he just totally lost it because he said it, it was lifeless. He just, he left. He said, but... He always wondered about the Holy Spirit. And he said, so, you know, so I, I got to get my iPhone out, look for some Pentecostal churches in Newcastle, gave him, like, some ones that would be good for him to go to, and then that was it, end of conversation. Make the most of every opportunity. But the thing is, you know, like, you might say, yeah, well, did he go to church? Like, I don't even know. I don't know. But one thing I do know is that there is a, uh, a scripture in the Bible in Corinthians that talks about one sows a seed, another waters it, but it is God that brings the increase. So right when I'm talking to him, like I sowed a seed and watered it while I was there, but it's God who brings the increase. So I did what I, I needed to do. I'll leave that up to God. He draws people unto himself. He'll send somebody else. Doesn't matter. I've done my thing. I was pretty happy about that, mind you. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So, so pray. Prayer will get you into places that you never thought of, get people to speak to you that you never, ever thought of, and wherever. So the next thing is, is be proactive. So we've got prayer. Be proactive. Like, just do something. Don't, don't continue to think about it, because that's what I used to do, like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind trying to advise it. You know, all my thinking is not going to get them there, right? I need to do something. I need to do something about it. So in John 4.35, it says, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. We need to lift up our eyes. And this is something that when I'm busy, I'm not lifting up my eyes. I'm just like on my way somewhere. It reminds me of when I used to live in Sydney. Like everyone's just like droned out. You're just walking to wherever you're going. We don't want to be like that. Because if we don't look, we won't see opportunities. Lift up your eyes. You can look and see someone who's having trouble. Lift up your eyes. You can see somebody who needs help. 
But if you don't look, you won't see. So that's what we need to do. We need to lift up our eyes. So I was in Bali. I went there on holiday, and I was just walking past a pub. Man, I'm loving this. Like, I don't hang out at pubs, by the way. I just like letting you know that. Like, it's not my normal place of, you know. I was walking past the pub, and then I saw the men in black on the TV. I was wondering why there's so many people. You know, not, not our stewards, they weren't on TV. Like, like, no, 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 it was the All Blacks. That's right, yeah, 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 I know. So I was wondering why there were so many people gathered around watching them. So, so anyway, and I see this group of Māoris, which are New Zealanders, that's the same as me, right? Got that? Yep. So Māoris, I see them, like, gathered around. I thought, oh, I wonder if I know anyone. I'm looking, I think, nah. And then I see one lady there, and I think, man, she looks really familiar, but I haven't seen this lady. Her name's Pare. Haven't seen her for 30, over 30 years. And I thought, is that her? I thought, no, nah, I wouldn't be certain because it's 30 years. And then anyway, I'm still watching the game, and then I hear her laugh. It's her. I know that's Pare's laugh. Like, my goodness. So I'm like, wow. So I go on and go, Pare. It's Teresa, yeah. And she's like, she starts crying. Like, it was just, just as awesome. It was really great. I hadn't seen her. Like, she used to um, be uh, very close to my grandparents at the time. So she's like, oh, so good to see you. So we talk and we have fun. She asked me what I've been doing. So I actually share with her, like, my story, my story of how I came to Christ. And then she says to me, she says, you know, I knew as you walked towards me, there was this presence, like the same presence that I felt when I was around your grandfather. And she says to me, she goes, that's your grandfather, isn't it? I went, no, no, it's not my grandfather. It's God. It's God. So we had a God moment. I got to speak to her about God. I mean, did she go to church? I don't know. But you know what? I got to sow a seed, watered it. Who brings the increase? God brings the increase. That's right. So do something. Be intentional. Acts of kindness are a way of doing that. You know, meeting people's needs, mowing their lawns, cleaning their house, taking over uh, baking stuff. I think Josh should kind of bake some biscuits and he took it to his neighbor. Act of kindness. No strings attached. You don't go with the cookies and go, hey, you want to come to church? No, no, because then people think that's, that's all you're interested in. Right? No strings attached. Act of kindness. But people get to know... They, it opens doors. Acts of kindness open doors. And Shine, Shine, which is the community arm of our church, has many ways that we do this in the community by providing for people that are in need. So another thing is to listen, to listen to God and to people. So be friendly. You know, barbecues, like neighbors, on planes. I like being on a plane because I've got a, like a captive audience. Like you're thinking, man, I hope I never sit next to you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fun to sit next to. Believe me, I am. I'm good. In fact, one time on the way to Sid back from Sydney to the Sunshine Coast, I'm thinking like, wow, I really just had this feeling I was going to talk about God to whoever was sitting next to me. So I'm like praying over there. I'm thinking like, come on, God, give me the right words. Give me the right words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't do this like out loud. Mind you, know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm normal when I'm doing this. All right. So, so anyway, it ends up being Dej Adu, like who is a member of our church, Kemi's husband. He ends up sitting next to me. So you know, it's like speaking to the converted. But anyway, it was great. I did talk about God to him, but you know, he knew all about God. So anyway, but that's good. So another time on a plane, though, like my grandmother passed away last year. 
And on one of the flights where I was going, where she was dying, uh, I, I got on a plane, and it was probably one of the few times like I didn't want to talk to anybody on that plane. I was pretty upset. I was worried about her, of course, but my family and how my dad was going to take it, how the rest of my family were going to take it, because, you know, she's such a big part of our lives. And I was just thinking, like, wow. So I thought, not talking to nobody. I don't want to even look at anybody. And so I was thinking, oh, I hope there's no one sitting next to me. And I got, you know, what I asked for because there was in the middle aisle five chairs, I was at one end and this guy was at the other. And he just happened to be a Māori as well, a New Zealander. So I give him the eyebrows. I say, kia ora. Then I sit down and put my iPod in that, my ears because I'm thinking, I'm not talking to you. And then, <laughs> but, but I feel the whole time while I've got, I'm listening to stuff, I feel God nudging me to speak to him. I'm thinking like, nah, not doing it. Like, 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 and, and, and then so, you know, it's a three-hour flight. I'm getting a <laughs> nudge. I'm thinking, nah, not doing it. I just, I can't do it. I'm thinking like, geez, God, like, I'm all broken up. Like, just work on me. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk to anybody. But this is exactly what's going through my mind. So I get off that plane, go to the domestic airport, and who should be there? My eyebrow friend. So he's there at the same, the domestic airport as well. I go to board my plane. Who should be boarding? Who's sitting next to me? Oh, what? Really? Really, God? So he's sitting next to me. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to cut to the chase. So I'm thinking like, hey, bro, how you going? I said, I really felt that I should talk to you in the last plane. But, you know, and I'm sorry about that. I said, uh, but my grandmother is dying, so I didn't really feel that great. And he goes to me, my grandmother just died. He says, I'm on my way back to her funeral. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, like, he, you know, he, he wasn't following God or anything like that, but he was brought up to believe in God, just like I was, to believe about God, not, no relationship. So I got to pray with him. We got to talk about God, but I got to pray for him, for his family. Like, like it was just a really God moment. Did he end up going to church? I don't know. Because I sowed the seed, watered it, and God brings the increase. That's what we've got to remember. We do what we can when we can. We don't have to push people over the line. God does that. Yes, he does. All right. So another, another way that I get to meet people is like me and uh, Terry, like who is here somewhere? Oh, there she is. Terry Hind is our volunteers quarter here. We uh, have a hiking slash walking slash adventure group, which we organise. Actually, no, no. She organises it. I just roll up. Right, that's how it works. It works awesome. <laughs> so every fortnight we have this. I go there, and there's usually between 15 to 30 people there. Most of them I've never met before. So I get to walk alongside, which I love doing. I mean, that's why I do it, because I like, I like walking. I like hiking. I like climbing mountains. So I get to do the thing I like, talk to people I don't know. And I've got to tell you, God always comes up somewhere in the, in the conversation. And so should it in yours, because he's on the inside of you. He nudges you. That's what he does. He, like, you know, he nudges you. He gives you that, it's time, like, say something. So that's another thing as well. Like, also practical needs, uh, practical support. And a listening ear can do incredible things. Like, if you're a Christian and you work 
out in the workforce there and people know that you're a Christian, when things go wrong for them, they will come to you because they know that you'll listen to them. So be a listening ear. Like my hairdresser, uh, who I invited uh, for Christmas last year, I was talking to her, but she didn't come. Like she had planned to come, and then she had friends from New Zealand come over, and she couldn't come. So so I, I invited her to Christmas and talked to her last week. I just go, how, how have you been? Because I haven't seen her for five weeks. And she goes, she starts telling me about her son who's been in hospital. For, he had, was in there for 11 days. He had a virus, and it was, like, really, really bad. He was in an oxygen tent. He had something down his, you know, the thing down his throat to breathe. All these things. And she said, I was, like, broken. It was so dark. All this sort of stuff. She t- starts telling me that. And then I get to tell her that my son had the same virus, like years ago, had the same thing, same thing. I know how she felt. And at that time, I mean, she knows I am a pastor. She, I said, and at that time, I didn't believe in God. But do you know what? I got down on my knees and I prayed and I know God heard me because there was an absolute turnaround. So I, shared, I got to share that with her. And then when I was praying yesterday, lo and behold, I get this thought like, oh, baby dedications are next week. I wonder where that thought came from. Anyway, we know where it came from. So I think, oh, wow, baby dedications. I thought, I'm going to text her. So I send her a text. And she, about like, oh, we've got baby dedications next week. And uh, just an FYI in case you want to get your son dedicated. She sends me one back, and this is why I'm telling you this. She sends me one back going, oh, thanks so much for thinking of me. Like, what is baby dedication about? (laughs) Because this is it. Don't take it for granted that people even know what you are talking about. Hey, that's a bit of Christianese happening, like, right there. So I send it back to her, and I tell her about baby dedications and, uh, like, what it is and, and that you get prayed for and that. She sends me one back going, oh, thanks so much. That sounds amazing. It sounds like what we need. Sends me back. You know, I send her a, a little smiley face at the bottom. She sends me back praying hands, like, wow, you know we're getting somewhere. Have you got the prayer? She sends me the prayer, praying hands emoji. Like, wow. I'm thinking, like, this is so cool. So I'm, like, excited because she's saying she's going to do it. I'm, like, happy. I'm, like, doing my little happy dance at home. Like, you're so good, God. Anyway, I'm doing that. And then about 30 minutes later, I get another one. And she goes, oh, oh, man, I just talked to my husband and he wants to get our son blessed in New Zealand. I'm like, oh, bummer. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't text that back. I went, I went, no probs at all, you know, because like, she thanked me for talking. But, but, you know, that's okay. I sowed a seed. It got watered. But God will bring the increase. And not only that, I know I will get a chance to talk to her again. So this is it. Always be ready and always be prepared to speak to someone else. And the best way is to talk about your own testimony, your own story about how you came to Christ, about what God's done in your life, how you were before, what led you to come to Christ, your salvation moment, and then how you are today, which I'm going to share with you mine, like my three-minute one, where, where as I was talking about, like my, my grandfather he was a minister, so I was brought up to believe in God. But I did not understand that you could have a relationship with God. I didn't know that. So I muddled through most of my life, like until my early 30s, you know, doing life, doing the whatever, doing this and that. 
But by, the to- by that stage, before I became a Christian, I had anger issues, I had control issues. But not only that, I had all this hurt on the inside of me where I'd been hurt and rejected and where I'd hurt other people. And I felt guilty and ashamed of myself, really. I had, had that stuff going on inside me. So the, core, you know, the outside of that, my life was just going along, but on the inside there was stuff that just was not cool. So I knew there was something missing in my life already. I just knew it. I thought, I don't know what it is. So I tried to fill the hole that was on the inside of me with people and material things because I thought that'll make me feel better. But there was no person or no material thing, no car, no house, no nothing that could fill that gap. And then a good friend of mine who lives in Brisbane started going to church in Brisbane, and she would ring me every Sunday and tell me, like, oh, I went to this church, and it's so good, you go, you know, you have a band, and I'm thinking, yeah, rubber band, probably, but anyway, you have a band, and, like, everyone raises their hands in the air, and I'm thinking, like, weird, I mean, I love her, but I'm thinking, like, you are going weird, girl, so, but every Sunday, she persisted, I went to church today, and they talked about this, and I thought, wow, that sounds, like, relevant, she says, it's so good, so she encouraged me to find out for myself, and just over 14 years ago, I walked into a church just like this one, with a band playing, and like people looked happy, but it wasn't just that. There was something in that room that I knew I didn't have. There was something going on with those people that I didn't know, and it wasn't just happiness. So I, I you know, listened to the guy who was speaking, and at the end of him speaking, he actually gave us an opportunity to invite Jesus into our lives. He talked about a God that loved me. He talked about a God that accepted me right where I was. He talked about a God that could give me a fresh start, a clean slate, and bring, bring peace and joy into my life. And you know, I wanted that. I wanted that. I wanted a fresh start. I wanted that clean slate. I wanted a second chance. So when Uh, the person speaking asked us to raise our hand like if we wanted to have a relationship with God. I put my hand up. And when he prayed for me, I felt an overwhelming sense of peace like I had never, ever felt before. And from that day forward, my life began to change. It changed in steps. It was progressive. You know, God did love me and accept me right where I was. But you know what? He didn't want to leave me there. He taught me things along the way, and I'm still learning now. But he's given me hope. He's given me faith. He's given me a brand new life. There's a joy that's on the inside of me. It's a true joy that just bubbles up, bubbles up, and spills out into every area of my life. And that is because of my relationship with God. So today, I actually want to give you that opportunity, that same opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. So if I could ask if you could just all close your eyes, please, just so that you can have a moment. It's because this decision is a heart decision between you and God. So you might be here today, you've never been to church, you've never had a relationship with him, but you know that today you want to have a relationship with God. Or you may have at one time followed God, but for some reason stepped away and you want to reconnect to him. Or you might be sitting here today and you you think, you know what, I'm not even sure if I'm going to heaven. You're not 100% sure. So if if, if, if that is you, if you're either one of those three things, 
never had a relationship with God but want one, want to reconnect to God, or you want to be 100% certain that you're going to heaven, right now I just want you to boldly raise your hand so I can see it. Every eye is closed. Right now, looking over that room, who wants to have a relationship with God? A God that can come and break burdens off you. Can show you how to live life, your best life. Can walk alongside you and guide you. Who is there today? Just quickly pop your hand up so that we can pray together in your seat. You don't have to come up the front. Who here today wants to have a relationship with God? Be bold. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants to give you hope. He's the God of a second chance and a third and a fourth. Who is there today? I'm just going to look one more time over to my left, into the center, and over to the right. Hey, you can open your eyes, but you know what I'm going to do now? We're going to pray for God's soul winning anointing upon our church. Our values are we are a soul winning church. We want that anointing where we would invite people. On your seat or the seat next to you, there's a a prayer card, like if you don't have one already, that you write those that you are praying for. And on the other side, there's scriptures for you to pray. And then there's these little cards. So if you've got one of these, I want you to hold it in your hand because we're going to pray for the anointing upon those cards so that when you give it to somebody and put it in their hand they are going to come to church or they are going to have a conversation with you. So let's pray for the soul winning anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Father, that you love us, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have anointed us as a soul winning church. I thank you, Father, that I see growth. I see souls coming into this church like a river in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for lives changed and transformed. I thank you, Father, that you would give us boldness and courage and strength as we meet people wherever we are. I thank you, Lord, that where we are, you are. That where we walk with you, you walk with us. That you give us the right words, Father, that we are your hands and feet in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you love your people and you came so that we would seek them and that they would be saved. I thank you, Lord, for soul winning in this church. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.